You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brownhorns 247com joined by the managing editor of Horns 247, Taylor Estes. Taylor, it is May 10th. Does that sound about right? Yes, we are actually recording on Wednesday. Normally, we record on Tuesdays, but Chip has a some news about a new gig that we can talk about here that has led to us record this. Chip, you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, I'm actually back on the radio in Austin, 1027 ESPN Radio. Um, that is uh, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So check it out. You can stream it at 1027ESPN.com. And appreciate that, Taylor. Hey, Shameless. No Shameless plug there. I figured it'd be better if I set it up rather than you plugging yourself. So thank you for you. Yeah, no right. problem. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, little assist right there. Um, Taylor, it's an interesting day because um, we've got we got a lot to talk about. Actually, um, you've got uh, Casey Thompson is going to go to Florida Atlantic University and rejoin Tom Herman. <laughs> This just in from the transfer portal. Um, and you've got Urban Meyer saying that uh, Texas has the most talented roster in college football in 2023. Now, does that sound like a, a setup or what? I mean, kind of, but I would say it sounds like less of a setup at this point coming from Urban Meyer talking about Steve Sarkeesian. I'd say... Had he said this when Tom Herman was the head coach, you'd probably be reading through, reading the tea leaves, reading through the lines of him setting up, you know, Tom Herman to essentially fail, quote unquote, and then him swoop in and be the head coach of Texas. Times have changed, obviously. So I would say, I, I don't know if I'd say it's as much of a setup. I think it's a credit to the work that Steve Sarkeesian and his staff have put in since they've been here. Um, obviously, it's getting recognized. I would say it's probably a little maybe tap the brakes a little bit because you've seen what, you know, a glorified scrimmage in spring football. That's pretty much it. But I mean, I think that there is legitimacy. If you look at the way that they're building this roster, I could see it being perceived a lot of different ways. I think it's too soon to declare it, Chip. But I mean, it's hard to doubt that Texas doesn't have one of the most talented rosters going into the season. What, what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably just I've been around too long. The battered fan, the battered fan syndrome, the the whiplash that <laughs> Longhorn Nation has suffered for the last uh, decade plus. 
it's probably got me being a little bit leery. Plus, Urban Meyer is not the he's not no one's gonna mention his name and genuine and earnest <laughs> in the same sentence. Um, yeah. he he's he's Urban Meyer. Yeah. Um, but we saw him in a in a bar with someone not named his wife um, while he was coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars um, and looking really sleazy and gross. Um, but he is Urban Meyer. He's won national championships at Florida and Ohio State. So um, he's done it with Saints and he's done it with Sinners. But yeah, I started watching that aside. I started watching the Aaron Hernandez documentary again, actually, on Netflix just last night. So it's funny that we're talking about this, talking yeah. about the Saints and Sinners. He would be the center. Roster. Yeah. Yes. Double homicide. Um, Aaron Hernandez probably killed someone while he was at Florida. And um, then you have Tim Tebow, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> hey, all that aside, Urban Meyer won national championships. So his his opinion still matters. And he's still on that Fox show right the yeah. big noon kickoff with with joel Klatt. so urban meyer when he speaks people listen i i think texas is definitely headed in the right direction uh hard to say i mean probably because georgia and alabama are both changing quarterbacks they're transitioning from uh, guys who've taken them to the to the college football playoff uh, and we don't know quite what the answer is there you can say uh, Texas ha might have the most talented roster and it's interesting because we've talked about this a little bit but it's it's happening more and more Quinn Ewers I mean like the Heisman he's the leading candidate from the Big 12 to win the Heisman in 2023 now you may say to yourself well that probably makes sense because like B. John Robinson, Kendra Miller, Max Duggan, everybody has moved on. Um, but it just is, it's a lot. Um, it is. You know, well, we're talking about a quarterback that's played what, 10 games in college or nine games at the college level. I mean, that's like, it, it's not surprising. I think it's peak off, off season talk, right? You know, the, that's right. Heisman we're in talking odds. season. Yeah, national championship odds, all of that. I saw predictions that Texas would be a college football playoff team and like play Ohio State. Ohio State would beat them and play Georgia, and Georgia would be declared national champion. I mean, this is the time of year that all of those talk is really easy to talk. Um, but it, like, I, I'm that's I would say that's more baffling to me than what Urban Meyer said because how can we say that about a guy that hasn't even played a full season yet? I yeah. mean. And, Just, and had ups and downs, looked brilliant against Alabama for a quarter, right. looked fantastic against Oklahoma, throwing dimes, four touchdown mm -hmm. passes, and then hit those three three high safety defenses against Iowa State, Oklahoma State, struggled, um, looked really good for a half against K-State the first half, and then struggled some in the second half, but hey. That's a first-year quarterback. He looked like a first-year quarterback. And you know what it says, Taylor? It says a lot about Steve Sarkeesian. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about this the other day in the morning brew at Horns 24-7, how Steve Sarkeesian is changing the NFL's perception right. of Texas players on offense because we had Bijan Robinson go uh, number eight overall in this year's NFL draft. Of course, he was recruited by Tom Herman, but 
the mock drafts are coming out for the way too early mock drafts are coming out for 2024, including pro football focus, a respected, um, you know, football scouting service full of uh, guys who've, you know, been coaches who uh, analyze every uh, stat imaginable for college football players. And their mock draft has three Longhorns in the first round next year. Jatavian Sanders, Quinn Ewers, and Xavier Worthy in that order. So that all is about Steve Sarkeesian because when Steve Sarkeesian was at Alabama, he you know coached Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and uh, you know Jerry Judy and um, Henry Ruggs and Henry Ruggs and Tua Tungavailoa and Mac Jones, all these guys who are in the NFL now. Excuse me, and that's where the pedigree um, now that Sarkeesian's at Texas comes into play because they expect Sarkeesian, who runs a pro-style offense and recruits speed and really talented quarterbacks to continue to produce uh, the way that he was producing talent at, at Alabama. So it's, it's, it's refreshing. I mean, if you're for us who cover the Longhorns, it's refreshing to, to be able to cover offensive players who might actually go in the first round. Yeah. Um, And, and it's awesome to see Steve Sarkeesian collecting this kind of talent. Uh, Of course, Kelvin Banks is going to be in that first round in two years, 2025, right. most likely, most likely. Hey, most know, likely. Yeah. Can't see the future, but the future looks bright for Calvin Banks. So Steve Sarkeesian is changing the way the NFL looks at, uh, at Texas players on offense. Yeah. And it's, it's about time, right? Chip? I mean, um, you know, we've covered some really quality guys. I would say that on both sides of the ball at Texas over the last few years, but we haven't really covered many of the top tier, you know, future NFL talent besides Bijan Robinson. I mean, Bijan Robinson has finally ended that 17 year, you know, negative streak of not having a, an offensive player drafted in the first round since Vince Young, basically since Bijan Robinson was what, four years old was the last time that that had happened for Texas. And he ended that streak. Um, and as you're right, you know, in talking with um, different NFL scouts, different NFL agents, even um, through sources, you know, there's a, a very high resp- level of respect that Steve Sarkeesian has among NFL organizations. Um, they know that the players are going to be um, coached properly to do the right things. Now it's up to the players to, you know, answer once they get those NFL paychecks coming into their bank account. But I think his track record speaks for himself and he's done a su- superb job at getting, you know, talent to Texas. I mean, Jatavian Sanders, obviously, he was already had been, you know, part of the mix um, before Steve Sarkeesian took over, took a little bit of time. But just that one season of him working in and out with, you know, Jeff Banks and Steve Sarkeesian and Steve Sarkeesian's offense. Now he's he went from being a guy's like people are like, what what side of the ball is he going to play? I mean, he's not making any impact as a freshman to now pro football focus, a very reputable thing that I subscribe to. I mean, I pay for pro football focus to get their insights and their stats and all of that for them to say that Jatavian Sanders is a, the, you know, probably the top tier talent for Texas in the first round of the NFL draft for 2024. That's huge. I mean, that's huge. I mean, when was the last time a tight end even was drafted from Texas? Yeah. I mean, Jeff Swain, I always think of, last one? I mean, um, I mean, David Thomas, Jermichael Finley are the, the ones that were drafted the highest 
Mm-hmm. Um, David Was Thomas Jeff in the third Swain round. the last one? Yeah, Jeff Swain in the seventh round. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think obviously his track record speaks for himself. I would love to see. I'm trying to look to see if I can find how many players he recruited to Alabama that went on to be first number one overall picks. Obviously, Bryce Young was this year. I feel like there's been a few, hasn't there been? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, his quarterbacks have all been drafted high and mm-hmm. and those receivers, my goodness. Um, yeah. It's been one first round pick after another. And I think when you look at the the receiver position, that if, if Xavier Worthy goes in the first round next year or A.D. Mitchell or whoever, um, Texas has not had a receiver selected in the first round since Lamb Jones in 1980. Jeez. And that's... I wasn't born yet. <laughs> right. I mean, you had... Um, well, let me... Let me wait. Roy Williams. Let me double check that. Roy Williams. Um, Roy Williams. Okay. Oh, yeah. So he was the first round. So Roy Williams went in the first round. Um in 2004 my bad so those are the only two those are the only two receivers at texas to be taken in the in the first round yeah uh in 2004 19 short years ago um it's it's weird it really is weird that some positions i mean texas puts defensive linemen in the first round defensive uh, safeties corners in the first round one after the other uh, running backs, even, you know, with Cedric Benson and and Ricky Williams, um, Jamal Charles did not go in the first round, but he played like a first rounder in the NFL. Right. But yeah, Steve Sarkeesian changing it for for Longhorn Nation and the way that the NFL looks at Longhorn um, football, and that's that's cool. It's exciting. And now Taylor Steve Sarkeesian needs to do. For the Texas offense in 2023, what Lincoln Riley did for USC in his first year yeah, as coach of the Trojans. Now it helps that he had Caleb Williams, a, a guy who Texas fans know all too familiar. Um, he broke out against Texas two years ago and, and never looked back. And of course, Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma, took Caleb Williams with him. Uh, and a USC. lot of other talent too. And it wasn't a lot like of other was, talent. It's a lot different. Is. It's not you know equal comparison between him and Sark. I'd say in their first year, right? Simply yeah. because of Caleb Williams and his experience, mm-hmm. and the fact that Quinn Ewers was a first year quarterback. That's why I'm saying this year. Yeah, this year, 2023, Sark needs to do, uh, you know, for for the Texas offense with the Texas offense, produce, um, get the Texas offense to produce the way that Lincoln Riley was able to at USC because USC remember they fired their coach. They were not a good football team. Lincoln Riley goes to USC, takes Caleb Williams, you know, brings in Jordan Addison, the Blitnikoff award winner from Pitt. I think USC's NIL program is probably the top of the game right now. Uh, But yeah, Caleb as Williams far as we wins, know. <laughs> right. But Caleb Williams wins the Heisman Trophy in US. And, and if he doesn't get injured, he, he probably beats Utah and USC goes to the uh, college football playoff. But that 
that did not happen. Nonetheless, USC was right there. Um, and so Steve Sarkeesian in 2023, I think you can look at it and say, okay, he's got Quinn Ewers now a second year quarterback who should make a big jump. You got to replace B. John Robinson, but you got Jonathan Brooks. You got an offensive line. You got a defense. Let's see. Um, but specifically on offense, Steve Sarkeesian, everyone looks at him as a guy who can, you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together and get it to work. And he's added A.D. Mitchell. He gets Isaiah Nayer back. He's added Jonte Cook uh, to, you know, Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington and, and Jatavian Sanders. So it should be a good year on offense for Texas. And, and heck, maybe next week we, we break out some – you know, projections of what's realistic for uh, for this Texas offense to hit and players to hit individually. But um, Taylor, one thing that has come up, Malik Murphy, and uh, I wrote about it last week in the Insider. Chris Hummer, our national college football writer at 24-7 Sports, wrote about Malik Murphy being, um, you know, schools asking his inner circle uh, and specifically – uh, the two people I talked to for the insider last week, Danny Hernandez, Malik Murphy's uh, quarterbacks coach in California, who's been with him since fourth grade, and Scott Altenberg, the head coach at Sarah High School, where Malik Murphy helped win a state championship, kind of against all odds. And I don't know how closely people were paying attention uh, to Sarah High School football going into Malik Murphy's senior year, but they were not. They were not a, a favored team that year. In fact, they started off one in three. And, and Malik Murphy suffered a serious AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder uh, three games into the season and then had to sit out three weeks and came back. I mean, there were doctors who said, shut it down. You know, mm -hmm. the, the pain is going to be excruciating. Malik Murphy said no. And he was able to, you know, I mean, his coach, Scott Aldenberg, said he could only throw the ball five yards, but we ran screens and we ran, you know, short passing plays and he did enough. And Sarah was able to beat the favored team um, in their league 16 to 12. And then Malik Murphy started getting better week by week. And the team got on a roll and won 12 of its last 13 games, including the Division One CIF State Championship. And, um, you know, Scott Altenberg said this was he's won three state titles at Sarah. And he said this was our least talented team. He said it was Malik Murphy willing the team to the state championship. And that that took me back to um, talking to Vince Young's high school coach at Madison when Vince Young was coming out, same kind of talk about this guy having this amazing effect on teammates and getting teammates to elevate their level and, and, you know, leading them to victory. And um, obviously it, it gets, you know, a little bit strange too, because Danny Hernandez's quarterbacks coach said that Malik Murphy was close to committing to Ohio state in the fall of 2020. And then all of a sudden Quinn Ewers reclassifies, mm -hmm you know, goes to Ohio state in the fall of 2020 and Malik Murphy kind of backed off. 
started looking more at UCLA, where his mother Alicia works um, in the uh, health, the UCLA Medical Center. And and then all of a sudden Sarkeesian gets the Texas job. Well, Danny Hernandez knows Sarkeesian. They're California guys. Danny Hernandez says, hey, I know you showed some interest in Malik Murphy at Alabama. What do you think at Texas? And Sarkeesian and A.J. Milwee went all in on Malik Murphy to the point where a month later, Malik Murphy was committed to Texas. But then flash forward to December of 21, Malik Murphy's getting ready to sign his national letter of intent. Sarkeesian has told him, hey, we're probably going to go into the portal to bring in a, a veteran quarterback. And two days before Malik Murphy signs his national letter of intent, he learns that that quarterback is Quinn Ewers. And yeah. Scott Altenberg said, I told him, hey, don't sign that letter. Wait, don't you can sign in February. This wasn't part of the plan. And Malik Murphy said, no, I'm good. Uh, I'm I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to compete. And then, you know, he gets to Texas and all of a sudden they're recruiting Arch Manning. And people are like, man, what are you doing? You know, you're never going to get in there with yours and Arch Manning. And Malik's like, nope, I'm good. I'm going to compete. And then he gets into the spring game. We see his toolbox. And and then SEC schools, Alabama, Auburn, are calling Danny Hernandez and Scott Altenberg. Hey, is Malik looking around? I mean, he could walk in and start somewhere else. And Malik Murphy is like, nope, I'm good. I'm going to compete. And he's one of those loyal kids, Taylor. He he had other schools in California, high schools, modern day, Bosco, trying to recruit him to go to their high school. And he's like, I always wanted to play for Sarah. Mm-hmm. And he stayed at Sarah and won a state championship. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that's obviously not afraid of competition. And he sticks to his word, too. And I think that's something in the modern day of college football with the transfer portal being so accessible and quite frankly, you know, people being able to so easily contact players without it somehow not being, you know, um, when they mess, I can't think what the word is. Slip Tamper. My head. Yeah, tampering. You know, I think a lot of it is tampering. But still, I mean, there's so many ways that make it easy for quarterbacks to be poached away or players in general, excuse me, to be poached away from college rosters. And the fact that Malik Murphy I mean, I thought it it said a lot about him when he still signed with Texas when Quinn Ewers committed um, and came from the transfer portal. Because that was one that even us, I remember the early signing period in December that year, that was one where we were like, okay, we haven't heard anything about him wavering, but this is probably something to keep an eye on. Because I think Malik Murphy kind of kept himself quiet a little bit in the days leading up to the early signing period. And then if I remember correctly, I think he was one of the first people to get his letter of intent. And I could be wrong on that. I thought he was among like the first wave of letters, which to me stood out because he was from California. But I mean, I, I like the fact that this kid sticks true to his word when it's so easy to be poached away. And I think he knows that he has an opportunity to learn from Steve Sarkeesian. And that's going to pay off in the long run because you know, he wasn't really looking at Texas until Steve Sarkeesian entered the mix. And to me, that that's very telling. And the fact that he is still on the roster, not looking to transfer at all at this point when he has programs, you know, that saw a small body of work for him in the spring game, but enough that they, you know, are trying to poach him. I mean, that that says a lot about his character. That says a lot about who he is as a person, but it also says a lot about 
Steve Sarkeesian and his ability to keep these guys engaged. I mean, he did it at Alabama too, you know, with um, Mac Jones, starting Mac Jones instead of five-star freshman, you know, uh, Bryce Young and everybody was like, what's he doing? And sure enough, worked out for Mac Jones being a first round pick. And then Bryce Young, a few years later, is the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I mean, his, this, this further kind of cements the, what we were talking about earlier with the, not just like NFL respecting Steve Sarkeesian, his ability to develop offensive players, but players knowing that young players, I mean, you know, Malik Murphy is just in the second year of college right now. I mean, he's finishing up his what his first full year of college, basically, because um, he was an early enrollee. I mean, it says a lot, I think. And if you're a Texas fan, like those little things, Chip did a great article. You should definitely go and read all of it. But just those little nuggets where you hear the commitment to Steve Sarkeesian and wanting to compete in a time where it's so easy to not compete and leave and just go start day one at another place, you shouldn't overlook that. I think I think it shows the the change of the culture, the change of the program that Texas, that Steve Sarkeesian has brought. And it's been much needed. I mean, let's be honest, look at the NFL draft. There's been, I think, a big lull a lot of years. I mean, there's been a couple of years where there weren't even Texas players selected in the draft. I mean, he's changing the tide ship. And I think that Malik Murphy story in itself, not only is it saying that about Malik, it's showing the respect that people, even young individuals um, have for Steve Sarkeesian, knowing that he can develop them. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, 2014. Tex no Texas players selected in the NFL draft. It's sort of the uh, the year that Longhorn Nation would like to forget. Um, well, 2021, but... too. They didn't have anyone. Is that right? 20 or, or 2022, excuse me. 2022, right? Yeah, 2022. Yeah. Now, there were some players that did, like, um, you know, Josh Thompson's on an NFL roster, but he wasn't drafted. Uh, that would have been 2022, right? Am I, yep. am I getting? No, yeah, yeah, it's 2022. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'd already forgotten about that one. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't believe it. I couldn't yeah. believe it in 2014. I really yeah. couldn't believe it in, in, uh, yeah, that Dicker, the kicker and Josh Thompson were the only ones invited to the NFL combine. Mm -hmm. Dicker, the kicker's on an NFL roster. He's killing it for the, for the, uh, LA chargers, but, um, yeah, so it, it's better, better, brighter days, um, for Texas football in terms of the way the NFL perceives them. And when it comes to Malik Murphy, I, I agree. I mean, um, this is a rare bird, um, but this is also a really unique talent when we talk about his skill set his toolbox and his personality his his confidence you know life is about confidence life as a, a athlete is absolutely about confidence and Malik Murphy does not lack confidence no he does not and this is the thing i've had some people say Malik Murphy has real grit. Like he's been put to the fire with that AC joint sprain and what he did for his high school team, keeping their season alive and basically bringing them back from despair and to a state championship that 
like he's done it, you know, like he's, he's been in the fire and he's done it. It's interesting that Quinn Ewers went through kind of a similar situation his junior year when he had the double hernia surgery, missed several games, came back against the advice of some and played for his team and led him to the state championship game. And remember, they were not expected to be in that state championship game against Westlake. They lost. Um, and that's when Michael Taff, you know, became sort of the the Quinn Ewers killer. Uh, Michael Taff, now also a Longhorn, uh, picked off Quinn Ewers in that game. Uh, but nonetheless, Quinn Ewers led his team and battled and has grit. And man, if you're Steve Sarkeesian, you love that because mm -hmm. we saw Quinn Ewers take accountability for his shortcomings at the Alamo Bowl saying, I thought I knew everything after Oklahoma, after Oklahoma State. I knew how much more I had to learn. And we've seen him change his body, really work, become more vocal, more sort of extroverted. And I think, Taylor, part of that is because Malik Murphy's in the room and that guy communicates so easily with his teammates and um, he sure looked poised in the, in the spring game. And I think that's the thing that stood out maybe more than anything else. Yeah. The, he could spin the ball, you know, and his, Danny Hernandez, if you read the insider said his range is 83 yards in the air mm -hmm. throwing the football. And he said, you know, quarterbacks, I tell the quarterbacks that means, to, you know, subtract 20 yards and that's what your range should be in game. Mm -hmm. And Malik Murphy is comfortable throwing it 60 yards in the air. And we saw it in the spring game. He threw it 50 yards on a dime. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, obviously it's a fragile fabric and especially with quarterbacks who are close in terms of classification, ideally Quinn Ewers has a great year, moves on to the NFL, then Malik Murphy has a great year. He'd be draft eligible. Maybe he goes on to the NFL and then Arch Manning takes over. Um, but no doubt we've talked about it a lot here, maybe probably more than anywhere else. We've been on the Malik Murphy, uh, his importance to the program months and months and months ago, way before I wrote the insider, because he's a big, strong, talented kid who might have to play this year. Yeah. And if Texas wants to you know, win a big 12 title. Everyone's talking about Texas is the favorite. There's a real chance you're going to have to play your backup quarterback at some point. And it sounds like Steve Sarkeesian who said Malik Murphy needs to stay healthy because he's had, he's had bad luck. He got, he got rolled up on a sack and broke his ankle in the state championship game. Uh, the second to last series of the game in that state championship game his senior year but then he's also had a self-inflicted situation with a scooter accident where he injured his wrist and was like unable to practice for a month last year during the season. And that's why Steve Sarkeesian said what he said, that his top priority over the summer and into the fall camp is staying healthy. And I think that Malik Murphy's gotten that message. He's treating it like a job, like a pro and He's been out throwing, I know, with with the receivers, um, every opportunity he gets. And Steve Sarkeesian uh, did say at the kickoff uh, circuit, the Texas fight kickoff tour uh, in San Antonio, Jeff Howe was there for us uh, from Horns 24-7. 
As Arkeesian said, all the injured players who missed some or all of spring football should be good for um, summer workouts and into fall camp. So that's that's good news for um, for everyone because a couple of those guys were offensive linemen, including Cole Hudson, who uh, was started every game at, at right guard and then um, and played with a partially torn labrum in his shoulder, played with it all year and then had the surgery to fix it afterwards. So um, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. There's more anticipation going into this, this summer and fall camp than I can remember. Probably. I mean, seriously, since 08, 09, that kind of time frame. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, for sure. And one thing too, I think with Malik Murphy, he's witnessed firsthand last season how the back, the second string backup quarterback needed to be ready to go and called upon. And he, he watched it with Hudson card. I think, you know, the fact that, you know, Quinn Ewers has kind of taken that next step in his approach off the field a lot. You know, he was kind of learning on the fly still a little bit his first year, um, you know, since he was only at Ohio state for like three months, basically he never, you know, missed a lot of fall camp, um, all of that. So he hadn't really been in, a room watching how a quarterback is supposed to prepare. And even when he was there, you know, CJ Stroud was not, he was a first time starter that year too. And so I feel like Malik Murphy being able to watch it all go down the way it did last year, even though he was injured, obviously. And we've talked about that, you know, it's not a waste of a year that he was, that his retro year, in my opinion, was not even close to being a quote unquote wasted year because of injury, because he was able to watch Quinn Ewers go through you know, the motion, what, what he needs to do, what it takes essentially to prepare as a starting quarterback at this level. And then also watch Hudson card be called upon in key games and key moments and have to step in just without, you know, expecting it. And so I think that all as a learning experience only helps Malik Murphy and also only pushes Quinn Ewers more because he knows Malik Murphy is going to be ready. Um, and I think that's huge. And when we talked to, you said, you know, we've talked for a while, like, don't forget about Malik Murphy here. I'm pretty sure we said it when Arch Manning committed, like y'all don't forget Malik Murphy is here. Like this is a kid with a really high ceiling. I mean, you know, it was raw. He was raw, you know, when we were talking about it, but even then, I mean, this is a guy, I, I I'm really curious to see if he's going to be somebody that is willing or ready to just prove everyone wrong. Cause I think, you know, with Texas getting Quinn Ewers, then it was like Malik Murphy, who? And then it's like, oh, Malik Murphy is going to be developed. Oh, and then they get Arch Manning. Then it's like Malik Murphy is going to go Quinn Ewers to Arch. Everyone assumed that was the case. All of the national headlines, even though we were trying to beat it into everyone's brain, like the backup quarterback is the battle you're watching, not Quinn Ewers versus Arch Manning in spring football. You're watching Quinn Ewers hopefully take that next step. Malik Murphy and Arch Manning battle it out for that backup role. I mean, I'm excited to see, you know, I, you know, it sounds like Malik Murphy may be approaching things with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I like that. You know, I, I want um, somebody that's going to try to prove everyone wrong. And he seems to be the type that is ready to do the work to do so when his number is called. Yeah, he loves to compete. And I would say the battle is closer to Quinn Ewers versus Malik Murphy than it is Arch Manning. He Look, Arch Manning's a talented guy, but he played small time, small, you know, class high school football in Louisiana Right. And that's why his family is comfortable with him redshirting. He needs yeah. the time to grow and develop and they're good. They're yeah, good. That's, yeah. We said it all along. It wasn't us just like pushing 
you know, the company line or towing the company line. It was what we were hearing and expecting. That was why they wanted him to be at Texas, to learn from Steve Sarkeesian and be able to have enough time to not be thrown into the mix and be expected to be the guy day one. Because they, you know, the Manning family knows more than anyone, you know, that there's different levels of of the sport. There's different competition, regardless of how good you are. Doesn't mean you're going to be facing as good of competition as your talent is, you know. And I mean, Eli, Peyton, they all went to the same school that Arch Manning went to. You know, they know firsthand how uh, you need to kind of learn because it's a different caliber of talent that you're going to be facing at the college level in general, let alone from a small private school in New Orleans to D1 Power 5 college football at a place like Texas. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think obviously Steve Sarkeesian said Quinn Ewers is the guy or, you know, the starter coming out of spring football. I think Malik Murphy is obviously going to keep competing to try to take over that, but that's a good thing because I think both of them are welcoming the competition and the better they compete, the more they push each other, the better the quality of play is going to be. So that's a good thing. Yeah, we'll end it on this. Malik Murphy's high school coach, Scott Altenberg, said, don't let that kid on the field because you'll never get him off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you haven't read the insider from last week, it's definitely worth a read. If you're not a member, um, you can sign up for Horns 24-7, um, get 30% off your first year or one month for a dollar. Um, but do the annual. It's definitely worth it. You'll get all the access to the insider. Chip has another good one coming tomorrow morning, too. So. Um, yeah, yes, definitely hit that subscribe Thank there. you, Taylor. Appreciate <laughs> that. All right. You ready for some uh, love it or leave it? I am. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really quick break, but stay tuned. We have plenty more Texas football and a little bit of baseball talk coming up. We'll be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Chip, you ready for my first love it or leave it? I'm ready. All right. We'll we'll start with baseball and then we'll end with some football. But love okay. it or leave it. Texas baseball fans don't know what to make of the Longhorn season so far. Yeah, I mean, it's been a really interesting season. I'm probably gonna love this. I, I do think Texas baseball fans don't know what to make of the Longhorn season because there have been high highs and low lows. Obviously, um, the sweep of Texas Tech, a high, um, getting swept by Oklahoma, one of the worst teams in the Big 12, a low. Um, the, the hitting, I mean, Dylan Campbell, school record 27-game hitting streak, and kudos to Dylan Campbell. This is an unbelievable record. I mean, that's that's over half the season that he's had a hit in mm -hmm. consecutive games. And that's after he started off, Taylor, after the first 17 games, he was batting 197. So yeah. kudos to Dylan Campbell for, for sticking with it, finding his groove. And now, my goodness, um, in fact, he had a two-run single in in Texas's 10-5 win over UT Arlington on Tuesday to extend that hitting streak to 27. Uh, you got six guys batting over uh, 300, including freshman Jared Thomas, another guy who's totally come on. Now he's batting leadoff, and the top of their lineup is, is a nightmare for opposing teams. Um, but the pitching has been erratic. I mean, you've got some stellar performances from Lucas Gordon, LeBaron Johnson, um, but LeBaron Johnson's not even a weekend starter. <laughs> I, I mean, it's been, it's just been strange and I get it. Yeah. You know, David Pierce changed out his coaching staff. Uh, they're still figuring everything out, but to, I say all that in Texas is still in the mix for the big 12, um, regular season title because West Virginia, the first place team has to play Texas tech this weekend and then come to Austin and play Texas. So, um, you know, West Virginia has 13 wins. Texas has 12. They're not that far off. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to love this because we, we still don't know how this story is going to end and it, it could, it could be amazing. It could be super disappointing. Um, but it's, it's been a, it's been a hard one, but there have been some highs Taylor. So I'm going to love this. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's very fair and a safe thing to say that Texas baseball fans don't know what to make of it because of everything you just said. I mean, it's just been so erratic, it seems, like up and downs. And, you know, there was that that streak they kind of went in mid-season where they started winning after starting off slow. But then you look at the teams they were playing and it's like – then it's, Smart it's scheduling. Just, yeah, it's all it's just so all over the place. So yeah, I think I think it's fair for Texas fans. I, I understand why they don't know what to think. I think that's a fair thought. And I think at this point, you just hope that maybe they'll continue to surprise. But I mean, Dylan Campbell's been a, a good story. Obviously, as Chip said, you know, started off this after 17 games with what was the, his uh, been 197. Yeah, 197. I mean, I think he only had like maybe 10 hits in the first 17 games or something like that. It was so, rough. It was yeah, rough. it was, it was a rough start for sure, but he's turned it around. So yeah, what matters 370 since over the yeah. last 33 games. So this is a time of year that matters the most. If you're still in the mix, right? Like obviously if you're not in the mix, this time of year doesn't matter, but if you're still in the mix for any type of postseason 
opportunity. Obviously, I don't think Texas is going to be hosting anything, um, but still, you hope might that, be a three or four seed if if, yeah. if if they get in. You know, yeah, you hope they get in, and you hope that the streak can start because this seems to be a really streaky type of team. Um, I, I don't know what to say really about it, and it, it's yeah, weird. It's, all, it's a weird season. Yeah, it's all it's all playing out. Yeah. Um. All right. Love it or leave it. Number two. Second one, love it or leave it, Quinn Ewers shouldn't be mentioned as a Heisman Trophy candidate at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, I love that. Let's let's let the kid figure some stuff out. Um, but look, it's not going to matter what we say or what fans want or think. The, again, this gets back to our conversation a little bit earlier. Uh, in in this show about Steve Sarkeesian's quarterbacks. I mean, they elevate and they become Heisman contenders and they become high, you know, become first round draft picks. So it's kind of an inevitable. Um, so uh, shouldn't be mentioned as Heisman Trophy candidate. I mean, he's going to be. Yeah. So but I'll love it and say he shouldn't until maybe he does a little bit more. Mm -hmm. How about you, Taylor? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, like, again, this is literally like the peak of peak off season talk, right? I mean, um, it, it's not surprising that he is being mentioned as a Heisman trophy candidate because usually this time of year is when Vegas odds start kind of rolling out so that's where you start hearing more and more about it, whether it's warranted or not. Um, but it's just hard to say that off of a 10, you know, appearance season or when he appeared in 10 games in a season, including one of those games was just for a quarter, you know, so really like nine and a quarter games he appeared in last season. And I think, you know, he showed promise for sure in some games and, I think that the Iowa State's type of performances will improve. He never saw that type of defense. You never, I mean, we talked about it after the Iowa State game. I talked to a coach I trust, and he was like, you want to know what Quinn Ewer's problem is? No high school in the country runs that type of defense. He's never seen it before. And so, you know, I think those little things are going to improve. I think it's just too early to declare him a candidate for the Heisman right now. So I'm going to leave it. I get it. It's off season, whatever, like it's, it's bound to happen, but it's too soon. And, uh, I, I would just say, I hope Quinn Ewers and them have blinders on right now when they're hearing all of this. And as you know, Steve Sarkeesian's buddy, Nick Saban will say, keep that rat poison out of the locker room. Cause this is rat poison. This is what Nick Saban's talking about. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's interesting. Um, cause Steve Sarkeesian has embraced his team as a big 12 title contender. He's talked openly about, you know, he told the touchdown club of Houston, Hey, hopefully I'm back next year. And we're talking about having won the last big 12, uh, title, certainly Texas's last year in the big 12. All right, Taylor, love it or leave it. Number three, last one for you, love it or leave it. Bijan Robinson will be the NFL offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. I don't know who I just did a rookie dynasty fantasy draft and it was amazing Bijan robinson was the overwhelming number one pick and the lack of consensus on the second rookie that you would pick was unbelievable 
Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to love this because he's going to get a lot of opportunity and he's special. So I expect him to put up big numbers and maybe elevate those Atlanta Falcons uh, to win that dreadful NFC South division. Now that Tom uh, Brady and the, you know, he's gone from the Buccaneers. It's a, that's an open division. I mean, that's there for the taking. So I'm going to love this Taylor. How about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to love this. I mean, if you look at some of the top drafted players, I think in this year's draft on offense, I mean, obviously there was three quarterbacks drafted in the first four picks. However, I wasn't the, those, I, I, I can't imagine them being the ones that are the offensive rookie of the year. I'll say that because I think that a lot of them were young. A lot of them have a lot Bryce of inexperience. Young. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Bryce, yeah, he's only started for two seasons, right? At Alabama. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and CJ Stroud, same thing. I mean, the, the guys that were drafted ahead of him that were players on offense, I feel like they have way more work to do to until they can be in this type of uh, caliber of league. I think that Bijan Robinson makes sense. I mean, people didn't expect him to be the number eight overall pick, but he climbed his way into there in a time in the NFL where the running back positions often devalued. And so, you know, teams see it. I, we've covered it. I will, he will forever have a fan in me and I will never doubt this kid's ability. So I think that's fair. I think he'll, he could definitely be the NFL offensive rookie of the year this year. There you have it kids. Um, Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode of the flagship podcast. We will have much more, you know, next week, but until then, make sure you are over at horns 247com Be an annual subscriber so that you get access VIP access to all the team sites on the preeminent 24 seven sports network. And Including a new OU site. If you uh, love to, you know, see what's going on on the other side of the Red River, there's a new OU site in the network that you should definitely, if you're a VIP member, you can, I mean, if you're an annual member, you can read all their VIP content, their message right. board, everything. So it gives you the power to lurk. <laughs> you can be a lurker. You can yeah. lurk on Alabama. Or if you want to get in and mix it up, you know, whatever, or just uh, <laughs> reach out and share your thoughts with other teams, fan bases. It's always an adventure. Um, All right. Good stuff, Taylor. And uh, again, thanks to everybody for listening to the flagship podcast. Tell your friends and enemies about the flagship podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the horns 24 seven YouTube channel. I think it's like right there. Just click that button. And that way you'll never miss an episode of any of our podcasts at the, uh, the horns 24 seven platform. So um, thanks again, everybody until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA champions league 24 seven. The UEFA champions league channel is a new 24 hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.